You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. This is Luke speaking, and that's you listening. Um, don't forget who you are. You're you, okay? And I'm Luke. Welcome to the podcast. Now, you might be able to hear some background noise in this episode. In fact, uh, I'm going to lift the microphone up so you can hear it. Can you hear that? I'm not going to open the window so you can hear it more clearly. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's the sound of very heavy rain. Uh, the rain is driving down. Um, you might be able to hear it um, hitting the roof uh, of my apartment here. Um, it's absolutely pouring it down outside. Now, you might say it's raining cats and dogs. Okay, this is an idiom which uh, many people know, and by many people I mean kind of non-native speakers of English. This is a phrase that uh, I hear all the time. I hear it all the time, not from my friends or my family or people I know in the UK, but from learners of English who I've met in, in London uh, coming to, to learn English at school. Oh my God, it's absolutely pouring it down now. This is terrible weather. Anyway, uh, it see. Oh, can you hear the thunder? Come on, you've got to hear this. This is, this is amazing. It's the middle of June, right? It should be, the, it should be beautiful weather. This is, this is supposed to be the middle of summer, or the beginning of summer. But uh, listen to that. It's terrible. What's going on? So, as I was saying, the expression, it's raining cats and dogs, um, is something that many learners of English or non-native speakers of English seem to know. Uh, everyone seems to know this expression um, and people say it to me all the time when I'm in London and I meet non-native speakers of English if it's raining they say hey Luke it's raining cats and dogs but um, although most native speakers know this expression it's not really a very commonly used uh, idiom um, I mean we all know it but no one really would say oh it's raining cats and dogs out there because it just sounds so cliched so instead, we would use different phrases, things like, um, it's absolutely pouring it down. It's, um, it's pouring, um, you might say it's, bucket, it's pouring buckets or it's bucketing down outside. Um, it's pouring down is quite common. You might say as well, it's, it's pissing it down. It's absolutely pissing it down. That's a little bit rude, that expression. But I think it's more common that people would say it's absolutely pissing it down than they would say, it's raining cats and dogs today. Um, nevertheless, I think this idiom, it's raining cats and dogs, is pretty interesting. It's quite an interesting idiom. So I thought that uh, in this episode, I would look a bit more closely at the expression, it's raining cats and dogs. Um, and uh, I was wondering, what is the origin of this, uh, this expression? And is it possible, is it actually possible that um, people say it's raining cats and dogs because of some events in the past when perhaps cats and dogs actually did fall from the sky. I mean, where does this expression come from, it's raining cats and dogs? Um, is it that, um, you know, at some point in the past, cats and dogs really did rain down from, from the sky? Um, in fact, um, I was thinking about it, and um, I've, I remember hearing or reading about uh, reports of animals raining down from the sky. Like I've heard about things like fish raining down or frogs raining down. I'm not sure about cats and dogs if that's even possible. But um, 
it led me to think, is it really possible for animals to fall out of the sky? Is it possible to rain animals of some kind? So what did I do? Well, I went on, I went on to Wikipedia, of course, uh, the fountain of all knowledge these days, and uh, I had a little look about uh, the subject of raining animals, and I found out some, some bits of information about it. So I'm going to share that with you today. Also, we're going to look at um, different idioms which are used in different countries um, to express the idea of very heavy rain. So I've already, I've already mentioned some of the, the more common English expressions, the natural ones. For example, it's absolutely pouring it down. It's absolutely pouring it down. Pour, like the way you pour a drink, okay? It's pouring it down. It's raining buckets. It's bucketing down. It's pissing it down. It's pissing it down. Note also that we use the word it to refer to the weather, okay? We always do that. For example, it's very sunny. It's raining a lot at the moment. It's pissing it down today. It's absolutely bucketing it down. Um, I wonder actually what would be a natural sort of uh, conversation between two people about the weather. Maybe if someone just arrived somewhere, you know, like someone's just arrived at school and um, it's very, very, it's like raining really heavily. So they kind of come running into the school like, oh my God, it's absolutely bucketing it down out there. Uh, and then someone says, so oh, didn't, you, didn't you bring an umbrella? No, no, I forgot, you know, I didn't expect it to rain. Oh, yeah, I just, uh, I was just, um, I was walking to school and then suddenly the heavens opened. The heavens opened. The heavens opened and I just got caught in the rain. So I had to kind of, um, to be honest, I just grabbed a newspaper and used that as an umbrella and I just kind of like had to run, you know, from uh, bits of shelter to other bits of shelter. So I kind of like spent some time under a tree hiding from the rain and then I managed to like get underneath the, uh, the uh, canopy of a shop and sort of sheltered there for a while. I thought that the rain would die down. I thought it might die down, but it didn't. It just got stronger and stronger. It's, it's a nightmare. And, uh, and I kept going. I just thought, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to protect myself from the rain now because um, I'm going to be late for school otherwise. So I just kept going and I just got absolutely soaked to the skin. Um, I just got completely soaked and then you, your friend says, oh yeah, you are, you're really wet. Do you need to, you know, would you like to take off your jacket? You should take your shoes off, I bet they're soaking. Yeah, my shoes are soaking. You, you can actually hear my feet squelching when I walk, it's awful. So just come on, just take your shoes off. We'll put your shoes here on the radiator and then they can dry out on the radiator and you'll be all right. So you better go back, you better go up to class. Yeah, okay. Look, make sure you, make sure you um, keep yourself warm though. You don't want to catch a cold. You could, um, you could catch a cold unless you keep yourself warm. So why don't you go into the toilet and just dry, dry yourself off a little bit and then you can go to class. Um, there you go. So that might be a typical, um, typical conversation about, the, about heavy rain or something. Yeah, I can hear thunder now. Can you hear that? Can you hear the thunder? Maybe you can't hear it, but there was there was a bit of thunder. There's some lightning going on over there. I'm in the middle of a thunderstorm, ladies and gentlemen. It's exciting. I, I hope that I don't get struck by lightning. I hope my apartment doesn't get hit by a lightning bolt because um, that could be disastrous for Luke's English podcast. Can you imagine that? If like a, a surge of electricity came through the apartment and went into my computer and made the computer blow up and like some kind of electrical, um, you know, like a, some electricity came out of the microphone and 
um, and uh, gave me a big electric shock. That would, it, who knows, either, either there's probably three options. One option is that that would kill me and that would be the end of Luke's English podcast. The other option is that um, it would just destroy all my equipment and just give me severe burns, which is not very nice. And that would probably be the end of Luke's English podcast as well, because if I got struck by lightning in the face from a microphone, um, I would either not be able to speak anymore or I, or I would just sort of not really want to do it anymore because of the, the painful memories and the trauma of being electrocuted in the face by lightning while recording an episode. So either it would kill me or it would just stop me doing the podcast. Or, or option three, having a direct bolt of lightning like that might, might turn me into a superhero, you know, because that's how you become a superhero, isn't it? You have some sort of big accident, you get struck by lightning, you get um, sort of uh, exposed to gamma rays or radiation and it just be- makes you into a superhero. I wonder what kind of superhero I would become if I got struck by lightning through, through a microphone. I think it might make me it might make me into like sort of the greatest podcaster in the universe. I, already, I know that I'm already perhaps the greatest podcaster in the galaxy or certainly the world. I'm joking, of course. Oh, dear. Um, I know that I'm already one of the top podcasters in the Milky Way. But um, uh, if I got struck in the face by lightning while recording an episode, it might make me into sort of podcast man. And I, I don't know what my, my special skills would be. Maybe, maybe I would just be able to uh, podcast very effectively, even more effectively than I do now. And I, I'd be so powerful at podcasting that uh, I'd be able to save the world through my podcasts. I would just be able to talk. Using my voice, I'd be able to kind of achieve anything. For example, I'd be able to um, you know, make people laugh or I'd be able to persuade people to do things. I might be able to um, sort of solve huge global conflicts by just talking to people um i'd love to be able to do that but i think that my approach might be a little bit simplistic i mean i'd love to go for example to syria and just say to them hey 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 guys guys come on hey hey stop it now really stop the fighting let's just all have some ice cream i mean i'd love to be able to do that but i I think it's probably a little bit more complicated than than that but who knows if i became podcast man I might be able to go in and just save the world using my amazing podcasting abilities. And if that wasn't enough, then I suppose as another ability, I'd be able to just shoot lightning out of my mouth. (laughs) That would be be another one. So if the diplomacy didn't work, I would just sort of like um, shoot people with lightning. Um, Yeah, that that might be quite good. I I would be sort of double, sort of, I'd have double ability. One would be to be very diplomatic and then, if, and then if that didn't work, I would just be able to destroy things using lightning. Yes, anyway, that was a kind of... Uh, um, uh, I got sidetracked there, didn't I? Talking about the potential, uh, potential of becoming a, an incredible superhero with podcasting abilities and, and lightning, like kind of face lightning kind of, kind of thing. Yes, what was I talking about? I was talking about it's raining cats and dogs. So is it possible that... Um, Animals can rain from the sky. I wonder. I wonder if that's possible. Well, um, let's see. I'm going to now go on to Wikipedia and have a little look. So I'm going to type into my 
iPad here. That's right, I've got an iPad. It's just a normal iPad. It's not an iPad mini or anything. I'm old school. Um, let's see. Um, so, Wikipedia. It, uh, raining animals. And let's see what we find. Right, searching Wikipedia for raining animals. There it is. There is a page all about raining animals. And uh, I'm going to just read some sections uh, uh, of it to you. Um, and then we'll go into... So there are various sections here. The first one is just general introduction to the idea of, of uh, animals raining down from the sky. Um, then there are some explanations, um, like how it's actually possible. Uh, there are some cases of when it has happened. I'm not sure I'll go into those in great detail because, um, well, there isn't a lot of detail on the... Um, on the page. Um, also some mentions of, of this phenomenon in literature and popular culture. And then we go on to the explanation of the term it's raining cats and dogs. Um, so I'll be talking about that a little bit. And also um, at the end um, I'll kind of share with you some of the idioms from other languages around the world. Um, so obviously in English we say it's raining cats and dogs but in, in your languages um, you would say different things and some of them are pretty interesting and quite funny and um, I'll, I will of course explain the vocabulary uh, that you can hear in those idioms and things. So lots of vocab um, and uh, generally, I hope it's generally interesting, I, I'm quite fascinated by the idea of animals raining from the sky. I've never seen it happening myself, I've never seen fish or frogs falling from the sky. Um, uh, I've seen birds falling from the sky, but they were flying at the time. You know, sometimes they do that. They kind of drop down and then just fly away. So that doesn't really count, does it? Uh, no, it doesn't. I'm getting emails here. You can hear my phone. It's um, very unprofessional of me. Although maybe you could say I'm just making it interactive by uh, receiving emails at the same time. That was just from I florist. Well, no, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not planning on sending anyone flowers. Frankie Castiglione just added me on Google Plus. Oh, all right, Frankie, how you doing, mate? You all right? Um, he just added me on Google Plus. To be honest, I haven't started using Google Plus yet. And every now and then I get emails saying someone has just added you on Google Plus, but I never do anything about it because. I don't, I don't know if Google Plus is, is a useful or good thing to, to use. Do you use Google Plus, ladies and gentlemen? And uh, is it good? Is it worth spending time on? Or is it just something that Google employees are obliged to do? I don't know. Let me know. What do you think of Google Plus? Um, also, let me know if you've ever heard about um, cases of animals raining down from the sky. I wonder if you've ever heard about that, or if uh, you've ever even experienced it, or if you know someone who's experienced it. If you do have any stories to tell about that, then of, of course you can leave your comments uh, on this episode of the podcast. Um, also, I, I must say that, um, you know, I don't think that, let's see, I think it's obviously very unfortunate for the animals that experience this. Um, you, know, you know, at Luke's English Podcast, we love animals. So I don't think there's anything, you know, particularly enjoyable about um, observing the suffering of these animals that fall from the sky. I'm just um, obsessed with this idea because it just seems to be ridiculous. It just seems to be incredible that animals could actually fall from the sky. How is that even possible? Well, let's, let's have a look at the uh, Wikipedia entry for this idea of raining animals. Okay. So as it says here, raining animals is a rare meteorological phenomenon 
in which flightless animals rain from the sky. Such occurrences have been reported in many countries throughout history. One hypothesis offered to explain this phenomenon is that strong winds travelling over water sometimes pick up creatures such as fish or frogs and carry them for up to several miles. Wait a minute, really? Strong winds just pick up frogs and fish from out of the water and then just carry them for several miles? Is that possible? I know that the wind can be pretty strong sometimes, but surely it would that would mean that the wind would just be picking things up all the time. And and why would it be fish under the under the surface of the water as the only objects that are picked up by the wind? I know that okay, the wind does pick things up. I know that it does. It picks up, you know, objects from the ground, especially if there's a tornado or or a hurricane or some incredibly strong wind. So, okay, all right. If you can imagine a a, a uh, a twister, you know, a tornado going across the ocean and it's got that kind of um, whirlwind effect, you know. Uh, it sucks up thi- um, lots of water from the ocean and as the tornado passes from the ocean into the land, all of the uh, f- water and the contents of that water, which could be fish or other animals that live in the, wa- in the, in the water, all of that is sucked up it through the tornado and launched into the sky and then... It- you know, with a lot of water as well. And then finally, after the tornado has kind of died down, all of these objects return to Earth, you know. And if there's been a lot of fish picked up by this tornado, maybe the fish would all land in a kind of rain cloud or rainstorm of fish. Maybe that's possible. Let's see. Uh, The article continues. It says, However, this primary aspect of the phenomenon has never been witnessed or scientifically tested. So we've never actually seen fish or other animals being picked up by strong winds from the ocean. Sometimes the animals survive the fall, suggesting the animals are dropped shortly after extraction. Several witnesses of raining frogs describe the animals as startled, though healthy, and exhibiting relatively normal behaviour shortly after the event. So these frogs that... uh, Apparently these witnesses have described the frogs after they landed on the ground as being just a bit startled. If you're startled, it means that you're just slightly surprised and shocked. Like, oh, what happened? I was just... uh, I was just like eating flies in a pond and now suddenly I'm in the middle of some town somewhere. What happened? I think a frog would be more than startled. I mean, if I'd been sucked into the sky by a tornado and then sort of hours later rained down to the, to earth, um, I, th- I think I'd be more than startled. I think I'd be uh, bewildered, um, completely confused and probably injured because if, you, if I fell from the sky and landed on the ground, I'd probably, you know, have a few bruises at least. Um, so anyway, apparently these frogs were just kind of startled healthy apparently and uh, exhibiting relatively normal behavior so i don't know what is relatively normal behavior for a frog it's probably just generally sort of like kind of jumping around going ribbit ribbit eating flies and having its eyes on the top of its head that's probably the normal kind of uh, behavior for a frog by the way in england frogs say ribbit ribbit i know that in other countries they say different things um, let's see. I mean, I know that uh, in Japan, for example, frogs say "get or get or get or get or." Yeah, there you go. 
some of the only Japanese that I know is the, the, the words that frogs use. It's not the most useful Japanese that you can know, that one. You know, you can't order some sushi by, by using that get or get or get or get or no, it's it's pretty useless vocabulary to know. But it's still it's fun. Um an interesting thing about that is that um do you know the you know the song by James Brown called Sex Machine? The one that goes get up down get up down get up get on up get up get on up you know that one? Well um I've got friends in Japan who believe that uh, um, in that song there is a frog talking. There's a frog in the background because they think when when uh, in the lyrics it goes "get up" and then someone behind James Brown says "get on up, get up, get on up, get on up." Right? So get up, get on up. Get up means like you know, get up and dance. Get up, get on up. Well, some of my friends in Japan think the "get on up" bit. Is a frog going get or get or? So they think it's get up, get or get or, get up, get or get or. Like, so in their minds, Sex Machine by James Brown is some sort of like frog-based funk mu- funk music. Yes, well there you go. It's interesting, isn't it? I don't know what you're thinking about that, but um, uh, I I found it amusing. Right. Anyway, so so apparently the the frogs that landed. Fr- uh, when when eyewitnesses have seen frogs landing on the ground, um, they they've described the frogs as being just pretty normal. Maybe that means that uh, the the frogs were picked up um, f- and then dropped, you know, fairly quickly. That they weren't in the air for a long time. Because if they were in the air for like ages, then they would, you know, they would probably die. Particularly if they went very high in the air, because it's very cold up there and there's not very much oxygen. So it, this suggests that um, the the animals were probably not carried very far by the wind and they didn't spend a lot of time in the air. Uh, let's see. So um, several witnesses of raining frogs describe the animals as startled. OK, I've just said that. In some incidents, however, the animals are frozen to death or even completely encased in ice. There are some examples where the product of the rain is not intact animals, but shredded body parts. Some cases occur just after storms, having strong winds, especially during tornadoes. Oh, okay. So sometimes the animals are just frozen to death or encased in ice. So like these iced, frozen animals dropping down from the sky. I suppose this is because, you know, if the animals have been sent very high into the air and it's so cold up there that they get frozen. And then they come flying back down again. Isn't it unbelievable that animals could actually spend enough time just flying in through the air that they would freeze? It's a mysterious world. Um, so also sometimes the, the animals are not intact, but they, they, they get sort of uh, shredded in the air. Oh, it's not very nice. But if something is shredded, it means it's like broken into pieces, like torn apart and broken into pieces. Oh dear. So um, this suggests that probably the winds were very, very strong. Um, And as it says, some cases occur just after storms having strong winds, especially during tornadoes, which kind of um, uh, reinforces the theory of of, um, these animals being picked up by, you know, um, twisters or um, hurricanes. Um, However, there have been many unconfirmed cases in which rainfalls of animals have occurred in fair weather 
and in the absence of strong winds or water spouts. So apparently sometimes it has happened uh, in just normal weather as well, which is really weird, because how could it happen if there hadn't been a, a, a tornado? Uh, it's mysterious. Um, the English language idiom, it's raining cats and dogs, referring to a heavy downpour, is of uncertain etymology. And there is no evidence that it has any connection to the raining animals phenomenon. So it seems that uh, it's raining cats and dogs doesn't, doesn't seem to refer to a particular case of when um, uh, animal, you know, cats and dogs rain down from the sky. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, kind of, maybe it's a, a Shakespearean thing, but um, it doesn't say that. So um, it's uncertain etymology. Etymology means the kind of origin or uh, explanation of, of a, a word, where a word or term comes from. So it's still uncertain. We're still not completely sure where this expression comes from. Um, um, if I continue reading the article, it says, This is a regular occurrence for birds which can get killed in flight or stunned and then fall, unlike flightless creatures, which have first to be lifted into the air by an outside force. So it can happen to birds if you can imagine a big flock of birds flying through the air and something happens to them, I wonder. Maybe they get sort of caught in a lightning, um, in, in some, you know, they, maybe lightning strikes very close to the birds and they get stunned by the, uh, the light and the sound. And as a result, they, they fall to the ground as a big uh, flock. But in this case, the birds, were, the birds started in the air and then landed, you know, rather than um, animals, flightless animals, which start on the ground, get lifted up into the air by um, um, like a water spout and then f finally fall back down to earth uh, like rain. Um, so... Um, Let's see. Sometimes, regarding the birds that fall from the sky, sometimes this happens in large groups. For instance, the blackbirds falling from the sky in Beebe, Arkansas, in the United States, on December the 31st, 2010. It is common for birds to become disoriented, for example, because of bad weather or fireworks, and to collide with objects such as trees or buildings, killing them or stunning them into falling to death. So apparently this is common. Sometimes birds become disoriented. That means they kind of get lost or get uh, confused or uh, startled um, by things like bad weather or fireworks. And then they collide with objects such as trees or buildings. So they hit things um, like trees or buildings, killing them or stunning them into falling to death. Um, so yeah, I guess birds sometimes get confused and they crash into things and then they fall from the sky. Um, there, it, uh, the article mentions um, a case of blackbirds falling from the sky in, in Beebe, Arkansas, in the United States, and it says the number of blackbirds killed in Beebe is not spectacular considering the size of their congregations, which can be in the millions. So, in fact, you know, sometimes blackbirds will fly in flocks of, of over a million so the fact that, um, how many birds? It doesn't tell us how many um, blackbirds fell from the sky in, in Beeb, but uh, apparently this is not completely strange considering the fact that uh, sometimes blackbirds fly in very large uh, flocks. The event in Beeb, however, captured the imagination and led to more reports in the media of birds falling from the sky across the globe, such as in Sweden and Italy. 
though many scientists claim such mass deaths are common occurrences but usually go unnoticed. So apparently this happens all the time, but people don't usually notice. Again, I'm going to ask you, as my kind of um, podcast followers around the world, um, what what stories or um, reports have you heard about uh, animals falling from the sky in your countries? I know that I have listeners um, in places where the weather can be rather extreme. I wonder if, uh, as I said, I wonder if you've heard any recent reports of these things or maybe old stories, sort of folklore or even family stories um, which uh, describe cases of animals falling from the sky. Let's look at some explanations uh, which will hopefully give us a bit of insight into how or why these things happen. Well, uh, French physicist André-Marie Ampère was among the first scientists to take seriously accounts of raining animals. He tried to explain rains of frogs with a hypothesis that was eventually refined by other scientists. So this guy, André-Marie Ampère, came up with some hypotheses which eventually were developed and, and made more specific by other scientists. Speaking in front of the Society of Natural Sciences, Ampère suggested that at times frogs and toads roam the countryside in large numbers and that the act of violent winds can pick them up and carry them great distances. So apparently frogs and toads roam the countryside in large numbers. So roam means to kind of um, travel around, basically, to travel around, usually looking for something. And it's true, I believe, that frogs and toads, particularly toads, do roam around the countryside at mating season. That's when uh, it's time for them to uh, mate with their partners and produce uh, little baby frogs and toads. Um, they like to, they, Frogs and toads, like all of us, ha- like to have sex. And sometimes uh, they have to go to specific places to do it. They're mating grounds. Um, and they often travel long distances in large groups in order to get back to their mating grounds where they will meet their their partners um, their mates in order to have sex with them so uh, yeah it's not com it's not uncommon to uh, find at some times of the year large numbers of frogs or toads all gr- in a big group traveling somewhere and the idea is that if there's very strong winds that they can all get picked up still sounds rather unbelievable to me but anyway let's keep reading um More recently, a scientific explanation for the phenomenon has been developed that involves tornadic waterspouts. What's a tornadic waterspout? Well, a tornado, as I've already explained, is that kind of whirlwind uh, twister effect that when there's a very strong storm, sometimes you get this twister which, um, um, you know, sort of moves through the sky and it's like winds travelling at extreme speed in in a... whirlwind and uh, it picks objects up and flings them into the air they're quite incredible to to watch they happen a lot in in america and other countries Uh, but you also get uh, water spouts that's a tornado that uh, is traveling over the water and it does these don't just pick up objects from the ground but they pick up lots of water large volumes of water get sucked up into the air through the uh, tornado and then you know get Uh, thrown very very high into the sky Um, so water spouts are capable of capturing objects and animals and lifting them into the air under this theory 
water spouts or tornadoes transport animals to relatively high altitudes, carrying them over large distances. The winds are capable of carrying the animals over a relatively wide area and allow them to fall into a concentrated fashion in a localised area. More specifically, some tornadoes can completely suck up a pond, letting the water and animals fall some distance away in the, in the form of a rain of animals. So, yeah, maybe one of these tornadoes would completely suck up the entire contents of a pond as it goes over. A pond, uh, that's obviously a small uh, pool of water. Um, I guess you have, um, in terms of, like, um, water as it sort of sits on the ground, you might have a puddle, as the smallest one is a puddle, you might find that in the street. Uh, after it's been raining, you find puddles in the street. Children like to jump in puddles, don't they? A puddle of water. So puddles, then uh, the next size up from a puddle would be a pool. Now we know that from swimming pool, don't we? A pool of water is just bigger than a puddle. Then after that you have a pond. Um, a pool and a pond are actually fairly similar in their size, but a pond is more kind of like a decorative thing. It, sometimes they occur in the wild. Uh, a pond might be found, you know, in the, in the forest or something. Um, and, uh, you know, you get fish or frogs or other things living in it. Sometimes you have a pond in your garden if you've designed it that way and you have like a, a pond which has some plants growing out of it and some water, maybe some goldfish in it. So a pond or a pool. And then um, above that you would have a probably a lake. And as you know, sometimes lakes are absolutely massive. Um, like lakes in, in North America, we have lakes in, in England, a lake. Anyway, so puddle, pool, pond, lake. Um, so it, maybe it's possible that tornadoes can actually suck up an entire pond, including all the animals, the frogs and the fish and everything, and then sort of fling it into the sky where it rains down later on. This hypothesis appears supported by the type of animals in these rains, small and light, usually aquatic. It's also supported by the fact that the reign of animals is often preceded by a storm. However, the theory does not account for how all the animals involved in each individual incident would be from only one species and not a group of similarly sized animals from a single area. So yeah, why is it that it seems that, why is it that it's just, for example, just a reign of frogs or just a reign of salmon or something, it's rather than a rain of frogs with some fish and some newts and some other animals that you know exist in the pond. It's not just like general sort of pond life that rains down, but it's usually just one particular species. Why is that? Well, in the case of birds, storms may overcome a flock in flight. So if there's a flock of birds flying, maybe the storm would would uh, you know um, surround the birds, especially in times of migration. So as we know, birds often migrate around the planet in large numbers. All um, one species of birds, one species of bird traveling together in a large group. The image to the right, and there's a satellite image on the web page, shows an example where a group of bats is overtaken by a thunderstorm. The image shows how the phenomenon could take place in some cases. In the image, the bats are in the red zone which corresponds to winds moving away from the radar station and enter into a mesocyclone associated with a tornado in green. So basically the image shows how there's a group of bats 
who get overcome by a tornado. Poor bats, you might say. These, these events may occur easily with birds in flight. In contrast, it is easier to find a plausible explanation for reigns of terrestrial animals. The enigma persists despite scientific studies. So although there, are some, there is some evidence, for example, this scientific data, the satellite images of bats being kind of caught up in a, in a cyclone, um, there are other examples, you know, we still haven't really got a decent uh, explanation of how some animals on the ground get lifted into the air and then deposited. Um, sometimes scientists have been incredulous of extraordinary claims of reins of fish. Incredulous means that they don't believe it. Okay, so sometimes scientists have been sceptical about these extraordinary ideas or claims that rain, uh, that, that uh, lots of fish rain down from the sky. They don't believe it. For example, in the case of a rain of fish in Singapore in 1861, the French, the French naturalist Francis de Laporte de Castel Castelnau, as a French naturalist, he explained that the supposed rain took place during a migration of walking catfish, which are capable of dragging themselves over the land from one puddle to another. Thus, he argued, that the appearance of fish on the ground immediately after a rain was easily explained, as these animals usually move over soft ground or after a rain. OK, so there are these fish called walking catfish. You might have seen them on TV. And they sometimes move, um, they move around um, in, in the wet weather. So after there's been um, sort of a, a, a lot of rain, the catfish might actually crawl out from their ponds or puddles and crawl across the land using puddles of water uh, to help them move along. So it's not that they all fell out of the sky, but they were on the ground in the first place. It's just that we don't expect to see fish in these areas. But these were no ordinary fish. They were walking catfish, able to move around. Doesn't seem to be quite a good enough explanation for me. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, right, anyway, occurrences. Um, there are lots of examples of um, animals falling from the sky. Fish, for example, happened in Singapore in 1861. Rhode Island in 1900. Uh, Saskatchewan in in. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, I think this is in Canada in 1903. Uh, Louisiana, 14, uh, 1947. Kerala in India in 2008. Um, Yamnagar in India in 2009. Australia in 2010. The Philippines in 2012. Frogs and toads, there are reports of this happening in uh, Ishikawa Prefecture of Japan in 2009. Um, not just one in that case, many reports throughout the month of June. And Hungary um, in June 2010, twice apparently. And then some others as well. For example, an unidentified animal, which was thought to be a cow, fell in California, ripped to tiny pieces in August the 1st, 1869. This poor cow apparently landed on the ground in pieces. How on earth did that happen? Maybe if it was a tornado, strong enough to not only lift a cow into the air, but tear it to pieces. Horrible. A similar incident was reported in Olympian Springs, Bath County in Kentucky in the United States in 1876. Jellyfish fell from the sky in Bath in England in 1894. 
spiders fell from the sky in Salta province in Argentina in April the 6th, 2007. Oh my God, that's that's horrible. Can you imagine that? Like spiders raining down from the sky? That's, something like, that's like something out of a horror film. Uh, worms. Worms dropped from the sky in Jennings, Louisiana on July the 11th, 2007. And according to a video, spiders fell from the sky in Santo Antonio de Pal... Uh, sorry, I'm going to say that again. Santo Antonio de Platina in Brazil in February of this year, 2013. However, it has been suggested uh, as falling from a mass web elevated between uh, two poles. So, are you? if you're listening to this and you're, you're in Brazil, did you see the video or did you hear anything about this story of spiders falling from the sky this year in February? There is an explanation or a suggestion that uh, maybe this was just um, spiders falling from a big web which was like elevated in between two poles in the air so that they didn't rain down, they just fell from a web that was kind of between two places very high in the sky. A web is obviously where spiders live, let's say. They make, their, they make a spider's web and then they use it to catch um, flies and other insects and sometimes other animals. Um, okay, so we still haven't had a really satisfactory explanation of how um, this might be possible, how animals might rain down from the sky. Um, so it's still a little bit mysterious. Um, there are examples of um, um, this idea in literature and popular culture, um, in various films and games and things like that, and in television. So it's still very much in the popular consciousness, this idea. Um, and um, so let's look at the expression, it's raining cats and dogs, shall we? Um, I've already mentioned that it's not very commonly used these days, although everybody knows it. It's not something that people often say. They would tend to say it's bucketing it down, it's pouring down, it's pissing it down, something like that. Remember, it's pissing it down is quite rude. Don't use that, you know, um, in sort of polite company. Uh, you can say that with your with your friends, but um, I would avoid using it in more polite situations. It's bucketing it down. It's absolutely pouring it down. Might be more appropriate. But uh, where does the idiom, it's raining cats and dogs, come from? Well, as it says here on this article, the English idiom, it is raining cats and dogs, used to describe, uh, used to describe an especially heavy rain, is of unknown etymology. And it's not necessarily related to the raining animals phenomenon. The phrase was used at least since the 17th century. A number of improbable folk etymologies have been put forward to explain the phrase. So these are slightly um, unreliable uh, explanations that just come from folklore, just the just things that people have said but not backed up by genuine scientific research or evidence. But let's have a look at some of these folklore uh, etymologies. So one of them is an explanation widely circulated by email claimed that in the 16th century in Europe, when peasant homes were commonly thatched, animals could crawl into the thatch to find shelter from the elements and would fall out during heavy rain. However, there seems to be no evidence to support either assertion. So, just to clarify, um, peasant homes were commonly thatched. 
a peasant is a very poor person who lives in the countryside. So in the in the 16th century, that would have been quite common uh, to have um, peasants. You know, it would have been lots of poor people living out in the countryside, and their homes were commonly thatched. Thatched means um, um, it describes the way in which the roof was built. So the roof of um, a home, if it's thatched, means that it's made of straw. Straw is, um, let's see, dried grass, essentially. Um, if you know, you know um, after a farmer has uh, done a harvest of all the crops in the field, they take away all of the, all of the um, crops which have been growing out in the field, and they remove all of the grain or the wheat, and then what's left is the um, yellow uh, stalks from those those plants that have been uh, harvested, and th that's known as uh, straw. Sometimes it's used to to as food for horses or other animals. Sometimes it's used to to go on the floor of a, a barn where you might keep animals. You know, like cows or horses might might um, uh, walk around on the, on straw, or it could be collected. Uh, in bundles and uh, put onto the roof of a house and protected using, I don't know, earth of, or some sort of sticky earth. So it could have been used to to um, create the, the roof of a house and it would allow it to be rainproofed and uh, insulated against the cold. So th thatched roofs were quite common in Europe. If you go to England in um, in certain parts of the countryside, you can still see houses with with thatched roofs. Um, so there you go. Um, so the idea is that um, in thatched roofs, often lots of animals would live. They'd live in, in the roof, and if it rained very heavily, the animals would fall out. I don't think it's a very good explanation, really, because, um, um, you know, we think of animals falling from the sky as like... I mean, surely if, if the animals were just falling out of your roof you would identify that they were falling from the roof, not falling from the sky. I mean, I know that people in the 16th century were pretty stupid, but uh, they weren't that stupid, were they? Uh, next explanation is that uh, drainage systems on buildings in the 17th century in Europe were very poor and may have disgorged their contents during heavy showers, including the corpses of any animals that had accumulated in them. This occurrence is documented in Jonathan Swift's 1710 poem, Description of a City Shower, in which he describes drowned puppies, stinking sprats, all drenched in mud, dead cats and turnip tops came tumbling down the flood. Um, mm, OK, so this is the idea that... OK, on the roof you have, like, um, drain pipes, um, gutters and other things that collect the water when it runs down the roof when the rain runs down the roof it collects in a drain pipe which moves the water down to a you know uh, either a hole in the ground or just just uh, flushes the water down the street okay it's a kind of basic plumbing system um so the idea was that uh, these drainage systems in 17th century europe were so bad that um when there was a very heavy shower um they would sort of release all of the all of the other stuff that had collected in these pipes or gutters so if you can imagine there were such bad systems that they would collect all sorts of things in them including dead animals and then when it rained heavily these animals would come falling out making it look like they were falling from the sky but again i'm not very convinced by that because um 
really were there that many dead animals in the 17th century that that your uh, the drainage systems in your in your roof would just be full of dead animals come on there weren't that many surely um maybe this poem by jonathan swift is more just um uh sort of um figurative it's a bit more figurative it shouldn't be taken literally just the idea that uh, dead cats and uh, drowned puppies were f- running down the street i think it's just a a way of uh creating an image of lots of animal it's just a way of creating image of a very heavy rainfall um cats and dogs maybe a corruption of the greek word katadupoi referring to the waterfalls on the nile but possibly through the old french word katadup meaning waterfall all right the greek phrase katadoxa katadoxa hmm, which means contrary to expectation is often applied to heavy rain, but there is no evidence to support the theory that it was borrowed by English speakers. Maybe that's just a coincidence that in Greek they say katadoxa, meaning, you know, sort of very surprising. And when it's when it rains very, very heavily, you often would say, wow, look at this, katadoxa. And then maybe somehow this got transported to England. And then when there was a very surprising shower, very surprising rainfall, you would say katadoxa, it's raining cats and dogs. Hmm, you never know. You never know, it's possible. So there may not be a logical explanation for this, but the phrase may have been used just for its nonsensical humour value, like other equivalent English expressions. So, you know, um, sometimes we like to just use phrases just because they're bizarre, they don't make sense, and they're funny. So it's raining cats and dogs seems to be a way of kind of expressing the ridiculousness of a heavy shower you know when it rains really hard it's pretty bizarre pretty crazy and so in order to express this i this ridiculousness um we um we use an expression like it's raining cats and dogs but it's not just us because many other languages have equally bizarre expressions for heavy rain and i'm now going to list them to you i'm going to explain them to you um Let's see. Look out for yours. Maybe you're listening from a particular country and you're thinking, yes, we've got a similar expression, Luke. Well, I might be about to to share that with you. Um, I've got a big list of um, expressions from different countries. So let's begin with Afrikaans, which is obviously the language spoken in South Africa. And in, in Afrikaans, it's, people say it's raining like old women with clubs. I quite like that idea. Old women, we know, club is like a big wooden thing that you would hold in your hand in order to hit someone. Kind of primitive weapon. A club is like a wooden thing that you would use to hit someone over the head to injure them. So in Afrikaans they say it's raining like old women with clubs. In Bengali, um, in India, they say it's raining in a stream of mallets. A stream is just like lots and lots of things all together. So sometimes if it rains a lot... You get a stream of water going down the street, okay? In this case, it's raining in a stream of mallets. Mallets are like wooden hammers. You'd use a mallet to construct something using uh, construct something out of wood. So it's like a big wooden hammer. Bang, 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 like that. So it's, if, if, um, if mallets come flying down from the sky, yeah, that's very heavy rain, isn't it? It's raining in a stream of mallets. In Bosnian, they say it's raining like crowbars. A crowbar is a big, very strong metal bar 
which um, you can use to maybe force a door to open. Criminals sometimes use crowbars to break open doors. You know, it's like a very, very, very heavy, strong metal bar which could be used to break open a door. So in Bosnian, they say it's raining like crowbars. Also in Bosnian, they say it's it's pouring like from a bucket. Similar to English, it's it's raining buckets or it's bucketing it down. Um, in Cantonese, in China, they say it's raining like dog poo. Oh, that's disgusting, isn't it? Raining like dog poo. Well, you know what dog poo is. It's um, basically dog waste. What dogs create out of their bum holes. That's <laughs> dog poo. So in Cantonese, it's raining like dog poo. Oh, God. I'm glad that it it doesn't genuinely rain dog poo, because that would just be a massive health hazard. Um, also in China, they say it's pouring out of basins. A basin is um, uh, like in your bathroom where you go to wash your face. There's a basin there which you can use to fill with, you can fill it with water. That's a basin. It's pouring out of basins. In Catalan, uh, which is a region in the south of France, uh, they say it's, it's raining boats and barrels. Um, a barrel is a, is a large wooden container. For example, it can be used to, to, to um, hold beer or wine. Uh, it's raining boats and barrels. Croatian, they say it's raining like axes dropping. An axe is a tool that you would use to chop down a tree. So it's a wooden handle with a metal head, sharp at one end, and you would use it to chop a tree down. So it's raining like axes dropping. In Czech, they say it's raining like wheelbarrows. What's a wheelbarrow? Well, a wheelbarrow is something you would use in the garden if you're doing some work. And it's got one wheel at the front and uh, a kind of container on the top. And then t um, two legs at the back and uh, handles for your, for your arms. So you kind of uh, fill it full of stuff in the garden and then you pick up the handles and you wheel the thing around in order to, to kind of carry some heavy earth or heavy things around your garden. One wheel at the front, container on the top, two legs at the back and handles. That's a wheelbarrow. It's raining like wheelbarrows. Um, let's see, what else? Um, in Danish they say it's raining shoemaker's apprentices. Goodness me. It's raining shoemaker's apprentices. A shoemaker, that's a person who makes shoes, an apprentice is someone who has joined the shoemaker, maybe a young uh, person, a junior, who's joined the uh, shoemaker in, in order to sort of learn how to make shoes. So an apprentice is someone who joins a company or joins, um, let's say, um, um, like a, a metal worker or shoemaker or carpenter or something. They join them and uh, they learn how to make you know, how to do that trade with them, right? So it's raining shoemaker's apprentices. Uh, it's a bizarre one. What's the origin of that, I wonder? In Dutch, um, in, in, in the Netherlands, they say it's raining pipe stems or stair rods. A pipe stem, well, you know what a pipe is. You use it to smoke tobacco or something else sometimes. A pipe uh, stem is like the long part of the middle of the pipe. So if you look at sort of raindrops, sometimes they look very thick and long. It could look like pipe stems. A stair rod, you know, uh, when you climb stairs on the banister, that's the handle next to the stairs. Sometimes you have long rods of wood that hold the banister in place. Those are stair rods. Dutch um, Flemish, they say it's raining old women. And uh, they also say it's raining kittens. Well, I'd rather it rained kittens than old women, to be honest. Um, I mean... 
Well, I, I wouldn't. I, to be honest, I wouldn't like to see it raining either old women or kittens because um, I think that might be very dangerous for for both of them. But you know, if I had to choose between old women and kittens, I'd go for the kittens because just because they're, they're cute. Um, not that I don't like old women. I like old women too, especially uh, especially my you know my my grandma and my um, and my granny. Not that they're with us anymore. Anyway, I'm getting distracted again. Faroese from the Faroe Islands. They say it's raining pilot whales. A pilot whale is it's a kind of whale. My goodness, that must rain very heavily in the Faroe Islands. Because a whale is very big and very heavy indeed. In Finnish, they say it's raining like from Esteri's ass. Okay, uh, it's not very nice. Uh, in French... Uh, it's not very nice, but uh, it's quite a nice image. I mean, um, quite uh, descriptive. It's raining like from Esteri's ass. I imagine Esteri is a is, a, is a, some sort of god. So if you can imagine, there's a god up up there in the sky, and he's uh, it's like raining out of his ass. Hmm. I wouldn't like to get caught in a rain shower in Finland. That's for sure. In France, they say it's raining like like a peeing cow. Uh, of course, in France, they're obsessed with cows and beef. They've got lots of expressions relating to cows. Um, so, il pleut comme vache qui pisse. So, it's raining like a peeing cow. Uh, peeing means urinating. So, yeah, if, if you've ever seen a cow urinating, then they, they do urinate quite a lot. So, yes, it's quite a, quite a nice description of heavy rain. They also, uh, in French, they, they say of other things. They say it's raining like from a bucket. Uh, they say it's raining... It's raining uh, ropes. It's raining cords or ropes. Rope is like very thick string, you know. You'd use it if you go rock climbing. Um, you'd tie yourself to the, to the mountain with a rope. To, so if you fall off, you don't fall down to the bottom and die. A rope, okay. So they say it's raining ropes. In German, they say it's raining young dogs. I like that idea. Young dogs. It's not old dogs, only young dogs. It's raining young dogs, and it's raining like it's being poured from a bucket. The bucket analogy is quite a popular one, it seems, around the world. In Greek, they say it's raining chair legs. Again, sort of long, thick um, idea. That, that, like Not just long, thick raindrops, but they're so thick they look like chair legs. Hindi, they say it's raining a stream of mallets. There, we've had the mallets one already. In Hungarian, they say it's 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 like it's raining like it's being poured from a vat. A vat is basically just a very large container. Okay. In Icelandic, they say it's being it's raining like it's being poured from a bucket. There we go, another bucket analogy. In Italy, they say it's raining like it's being poured from a basin. Again, the basin in the bathroom. Remember, in Latvian. They say it's raining like from a bucket. Again, another bucket analogy. I think the bucket must be winning in this case. Uh, in Nepal, they say it's raining a stream of mallets. So again, the mallet uh, uh, idea there from that region, India, Nepal. Uh, in Norwegian, they say it's raining she-trolls. Goodness me, that's a great one. She-trolls. A troll is like some sort of evil, um, mythical creature. Um, if you've seen the Lord of the Rings movies, a troll in, in, in the Lord of the Rings movies is a very, very big, very aggressive animal. Um, and in Norwegian, I guess trolls are, are part of Norwegian mythology. They're sort of horrible, ugly, 
dangerous um, monsters, essentially. In this case, she trolls, like feminine trolls. That's quite a good image because they're like very big and very heavy. If you imagine them falling from the sky, it's a very violent image. In Polish, they say it's raining frogs, apparently. This is just according to Wikipedia. If any of these are wrong, by the way, then do let me know. Leave your comments. Uh, in Polish, apparently it's raining frogs. Portuguese, they say it's raining pen knives. That's a good one. Uh, a pen knife is, well, we associate that normally with Switzerland, don't we? Because they have the Swiss Army pen knife. You know, it's like a little pocket uh, knife where the blade folds out or folds back in again. So in Portuguese, it's raining pen knives. Pen knives are often like very hard, very heavy objects. So it's quite a good image. In Portuguese, also, they say it's raining by the pot load. So a pot, another large container which could contain lots of water, a bit like a bucket or a vat. Uh, they also say it's raining by the jug load. So, again, we know what a jug is, don't we? It's like a large container that we'd use to carry water and you can serve water from a jug into glasses. So the jug, that's quite a lot. It's probably, I don't know, about three pints of water. In Romanian, they, they also say it's raining frogs. In Russian, it's raining from a bucket. The bucket analogy is definitely the most popular. Um, in Spanish, they say it's raining ch short pikes or it's raining icicles point first. An icicle is quite a good piece of vocab. An icicle is, you know, when it's very, very cold, it's freezing outside, and it's so cold that uh, the ice is melting in sharp um, sort of uh, stalactites sort of things. Um, the ice uh, melts down from the windowsill um, in like a long, sharp um, finger. That's an icicle. So it's raining icicles. That's a nice uh, image, um, nice descriptive image. Uh, what else? What else? What else have we got? So that was Russia, wasn't it? Um, okay, it's rain. No, that was in Spanish. It's raining icicles point first. So the point being the sharp end. So this means not only is it raining a lot, but it's so cold and windy that being hit by the drops hurts. Okay, so that's like particular sort of very cold rain rain shower when it's very windy. You know that feeling of like when you're in the rain and it's really cold and really windy? Yeah, well, in Spain, they say it's, 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 uh, it's raining icicles point first, like being spiked with lots of icicles when you're, when you're walking in the rain. And they also say in, in Spain, it's raining by the clay pot full. Clay pot, another object which you could use to contain lots of water. Uh, they also say it's raining toads and snakes. I wonder if that's based on a, any kind of genuine cases of toads and snakes falling from the sky. Also in Spanish, in Argentina, they say it's raining pieces of dung head first. <laughs> Disgusting. A piece of dung, that's basically animal poo. Dung would be like animal poo from a cow or a horse or something. In Venezuela, they say that it's uh, raining, as, uh, they say a stick of water is falling. A stick of water. So again, this image of a um, some sort of long, thick, um, hard, maybe piece of wood or something. Uh, a stick, in this case. A stick of water is falling. In, in Colombia, they say, it's raining husbands. <laughs> okay, I like that idea. Uh, if you imagine, it's raining men, in fact. Maybe that's the origin of that uh, song. Um, in Serbian, they say, it's raining axes. If you remember, an axe is the tool that you use to chop down a tree or chop up some wood before you put it in the fire. 
in Swedish, they say it's raining little devils. Maybe related to the Norwegian one of it's raining she trolls. In Swedish also, they say the rain stands like poles out of the ground. So again, another image of like sticks or poles or, or something like that. In this case, the rain stands like poles out of the ground, as if the rain comes down hard and then sticks into the ground like poles, because it's that thick. Yeah, you can imagine that when you look outside in a very heavy rain uh, shower, it does almost seem like there's just sticks of rain sticking out of the ground because the rain is coming down in lines. Uh, in Turkey, they say it's, it's raining like it's being poured from a cup. In Urdu, they say it's raining like a stream of mallets. Interesting that they have the mallets idea, which is the same as in, in India. And in Welsh, they say it's raining like old ladies and sticks. Well, there you go, folks. Um, I hope that you've uh, been enlightened by this episode. And uh, I expect that you've been thinking about this subject for, for a long time, like me, and it's something that bothers you on a daily basis. Um, you know, is it possible that animals could fall out of the sky? And why do we say things like it's raining, like it's pouring from a bucket, or it's raining cats and dogs? Um, well, now you know, or, or maybe you don't know, because we never really got to the bottom of this idea of animals falling from the sky. Um, as, I've, as I mentioned earlier on in the episode, please do send me your comments. If you've had any experience of animals coming down from the sky, or if you've ever heard of it, um, then just let me know. Thanks again for listening to the episode of the podcast. And um, you'll be glad to know that it's now stopped raining outside. I'm going to put the microphone near the window again. Just the, the normal day is continuing out there. It's not raining heavily. Um, in fact, I can see a little bit of blue sky up in the distance. So hopefully the weather's going to improve now. Um, and um, you know what? Just before the ending of this episode, I'm going to play you a piece of music, uh, which I think is appropriate. And... Uh, um, just appropriate because it seems that at the moment it's raining all the time um, and I'm fed up with it. Uh, it's probably the same where you are or, or maybe it's not. I know that in, in sort of uh, Europe uh, this, this summer we've had quite a lot of rain. I know in the UK it's been raining all the time and that's normal I suppose. We just can't wait for the summer to arrive and then finally it doesn't even arrive at all. Uh, in France, it's been raining a lot more than normal, apparently. How about you? What's the weather been like recently? But as I said, here it seems to have been raining a lot more than normal. In fact, it feels like it's raining on me all the time. That's why I've decided to play you this piece of music now, which is uh, written by a band called Travis from Scotland. And the song is all about how uh, it seems to rain on the singer all the time and the track is called why does it always rain on me i hope you enjoy it you can find the lyrics to this printed on the website um, for you to read and understand and enjoy further thank you very much for listening to the podcast i hope you enjoy this rather lovely song by travis by the way you should also visit or at least um, have a look at uh, uh, travis's music on amazon uh, where you can buy their albums and dvds and things like that and i highly recommend it because they're very good band and you should check them out they're not they don't seem to be that um popular these days i don't know what happened to them but certainly during the 90s and just after the 90s they were a really big band you might have heard of them 
Anyway, I hope you like the song Why Does It Always Rain On Me by Travis. Thank you for listening.
again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com.